good morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for September 18th, 2016. Koyo here. So very, very glad you joined us on a nice autumn Sunday. Temperatures cooling, time of falling leaves and ripe fruit. Uh, yeah, this is the first year I grew some melons in my vegetable garden. And, uh, you know, melons are, you see the melons among all the green leaves and stuff, and then you see a cantaloupe or you see a watermelon. Dramatic, you know, this is, this is, this is fruit. Yeah. Big, not like a green pepper or a tomato or eggplant or something or, or beans. But to see a big old melon, it's a wow. And I've been enjoying them coming from my garden for a year. And uh, I think I'm going to start doing that. If I plant those after, um, you know, those are warm weather crops. So after the I already harvest the uh, onions, garlic, and beets, and things like this. The beds are empty. I said, oh, throw in some melons. Okay. And so it's good use of my uh, raised bed garden. Well, I want to tell you about something that happened uh, a few weeks ago. We had uh, some family visit us. This is, uh, I have to give you a little sort of a background here. On Adrian's side, um, her aunt uh, lived in, aunt and uncle lived in uh, Skokie, only a few few blocks away from our place when we lived in Skokie. And uh, they retired and moved out to California, San Luis Obispo, which is about um, three, four hours drive from us here in Corsfold, and they had uh, two daughters, and one daughter, um, she's married and has three daughters herself, and one of those three daughters, okay, so (laughs) one of these, one of those three daughters, the oldest one, and her grandma, who is Adrian's and another friend, the three of them, came to visit a few weeks ago. And this young, she she would probably I'm not sure what her relationship is to is to Adrian. It's blood connection, but it, she's either she's the child of Adrian's second of Adrian's uh, first cousin. So the child must be either a second cousin or first cousin once removed. I don't. I'm not an expert on these designations, the labels. The reason I mention all this is that I think it's uh, it makes a difference in terms of how this young lady, uh, 20-year-old college student attending UCLA, uh, responded on what might be called a pilgrimage trip to Bright Dawn. Uh, it's different than someone who doesn't have a close connection 
This is someone who finds a home and <laughs> sort of comes home and discovers it for the first time. Take T.S. Eliot, famous quote. Uh, we have visited the family in San Luis Obispo many times, and of course, that's when the the children were were, were young, and so we that's the relationship. Okay, um, I could be called her uncle, you know, and uh, and. Even one time we babysat them when they were visiting in Skokie and the parents went off to attend a uh, medical conference. And so and she knows that her bosses are part of the uh, you know, extended relatives and family. But now she's 20 years old. She went away to college, becoming a young adult, and... She read my book, Bright Dawn, and um, she really resonated to it. And uh, so when she found out that her grandma and friend were coming to visit us, she came along. She wanted to kind of follow up on this. And she had some, you know, we talked a little bit, and so forth. When she was here, I gave a tour of the property and so forth. And uh, the only notion I had was that, oh, she, she she told me she read my book and really resonated. But I don't, I didn't know what was going on inside her until several weeks after they left, she wrote an essay called My Trip to Bright Dawn. And uh, was very uh, informative in terms of the, how the experience was for her. Okay. Uh, so that's sort of all the background. And um, But here's what I learned. We were walking around the property, and when, whenever I take anybody for a little tour, guided tour around our property, when we see this pine tree, it's huge pine tree, and at the base of the tree, it broke through uh, a large boulder, cracked it right in half, and is growing, you know. It's sort of impressive to see the power of that persistence, and, uh, you know, the pine tree grew and got very, you know, maybe uh, it's about three, four feet in diameter, and it big old boulder in half. You could see it right at the base of the tree. And uh, <clears throat> when we first came onto this property, uh, we noticed that, and I call it the power pine. And I think it gives us a lesson about, you know, hey, we could you know, get inspiration from the power of nature, this tree and the okay, power of um, resiliency, determination, persistence. And then several years have gone by, and one time we were having a, a tree service do some work on our property, and uh, this was a, a blue-collar guy. He's owner of the company, and I was taking him around to show him what work that I wanted to do, which actually was in preparation for clearing the land for the 
sanctuary before we started building the foundation and the building there. And we were walking along, and we passed by this power pine, but I didn't say anything or, you know, draw attention to it, but he noticed it right away. And he ran over there, and he pointed at it. He got excited, and he said, that is badass. <laughs> you know, I got a blue-collar guy. And that, that really resonated with me. So I tell this story all the time. And I said, well, now we no longer call this pine a power pine. We call it the badass pine. And I get a really charged out of this. To me, this is an example of uh, how teachings get their own legs or how, how uh, you know, you, you, things keep going and get better and deeper and everything like this. That's how I saw it. Uh <sighs> In the young visitor's mind, when in her in her essay, she talked about many things, but she also mentioned this uh, comment I made about this time. And one part of the interpretation she had of it was that she was impressed that I was able to let go of the label of power pine and replace it with badass pine. Um, as an example of being open to new things and so forth. And I had never thought about it like that because um, to me, and I guess I could call this a Buddhistic uh, attitude, is that I I don't see it as an either-or thing. Oh, we have to let go of power pine label and replace it with the badass pine label. To me, it was both. And uh, when power pine becomes the badass pine, it's not like the power pine is no longer relevant or no longer part of it. Uh, it so in a way, it's sort of an aspect of keep going as a teaching. Okay? Not keep going in terms of having to choose always between either or, not either or, it's both and, and it just keeps and, and, and that kind of keeps going okay uh, if you love someone so oh, this I love my <laughs> I love my uh, spouse then, well, what do you mean keep going you're supposed to leave, the, leave that love behind go to another person, no, 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 no just means that if you hang on to that idea of how much you love your spouse, okay? Uh, it's not a it's not a period. It's not a finished deal, is it? The relationship keeps getting deeper and deeper, doesn't it? This kind of keep going. So it's not like oh, you love her or you don't, and then okay, keep going means okay, forget about her, and <laughs> okay, it means that ultimate deep love is not objectified. It's always a work in progress. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's beautiful. You keep going. The kind of a thing I said, hey. But at the same time, I was so impressed by this essay uh, and the, well, it reminded me of a passage in the Dhammapada uh, saying of the Buddha, one of the oldest texts, and, uh, and I looked it up and and it says, here's what it says. Even a young seeker who starts upon the way 
shines bright over the world like the moon freed from clouds. Whoa, I love that image, huh? Uh, that's the feeling I got when I read this essay, My Trip to Bright Tom. I think it shows the the power of intention, of a, of a readiness, you know, uh, of, hey, this something like this, ooh, I resonate to this to these teachings in this book, and hey, that's my my uncle, okay, I I you know I know I I could relate to him already. There's a relationship there, but I never knew anything about this. Here's a resource of a flower is is now able to receive the sun. Huh? Says hey, you know um, we that kind of a freshness, beginner's mind is powerful, is beautiful, is shining, is uh, inspirational, Uh, is precious. That kind of a sincerity. Uh, So uh, I learned a lot. Well, I'd like to introduce today a guest to give us a Dharma glimpse. It's by Michael Saio. And... um, currently living in Florida, and he was part of our recent uh, LM8 group that was inducted uh, as Bright Donnelly Minister this this past May, and uh, he came to Course Gold, Bright Town Center, and uh, we enjoyed a nice induction ceremony. So, let's hear from Michael Sayo. Hello, everyone. My Dharma glimpse is entitled, I See Myself in Others, and Others in Myself. I recently went to the local TJ Maxx after spending the whole day looking for an outdoor garden feature for my front entrance. I wanted to find a large metal piece that was sort of like a gate that I could hang some Tibetan bells on that I had entrusted to my sister Uh, many years ago prior to my move to Florida. They were given to me by a very eccentric lady whom I had met over 35 years ago at a retreat in upper northern Michigan. She had decided to give up all her worldly goods and join an ashram. The story was that she personally trekked up the mountains of Nepal and was given these Tibetan bells by a monk who blessed them for her. So how does this trek of finding something to hang these Tibetan bells end up as a Dharma glimpse? Well, I was standing in line waiting for someone to ring up my purchase as I noticed there was a very tall, robust cashier uh, waiting on the customers whom I thought perhaps might have been slightly autistic due to her features. I probably had four or five people in front of me As I watched her waiting on a young man who preceded me, she was very engaging with dealing with each customer, and I first I thought I found myself becoming sort of annoyed, till I realized that this woman was just enjoying that very moment. She had a joyous attitude toward the people that she was waiting on, and I noticed that each cashier was required to ask if you would be willing to donate to the Save Children Foundation. 
to Save the Children Foundation. She was so sincere and happy that you could not say no to her, and everyone was giving her at least a dollar or more as she rang up their purchases. So now it's my turn. I'm waiting. There's four cashiers uh, up at the front desk. She was the next available one, so she began to ring up my purchase. I had several bottles of skin lotion. What can I say? I'm old and turning into a dried-up bull prune, and my skin needs moisture. So she proceeded to open each bottle up and smell, and she had a joyous smile on her face as she stated, Wow, how wonderful these smell. Needless to say, I walked out of TJ Maxx with a large smile across my face and a warm sense of what a great day she had made this for me. So this leads me to a question that I think we all need to ask ourselves. Is your mind busy criticizing rather than encouraging? Is it being judgmental rather than helpful? Is it angry rather than patient? You know, replacing our negative thoughts not only helps others, it is the most sure method of opening up our heart to compassion. The great saints, the avatars of all religions, have taught this for thousands of years. There are many in life who do not treat others with respect. And our task as seekers of enlightenment is to become inspired to treat everyone with mindfulness. This attitude is truly Maha Prajna Paramita, or the Heart Sutra, the great transcendental wisdom that all Buddhists aspire to achieve. It is what Christians call divine love. My mentor, D. Horner, who is a uh, titled Swami, always repeated this short meditation before she had a group meeting. And I would like to share it with everyone this Dharma Sunday. We thank the great compassionate one. We thank saints, sages, angels of all religions for this sacred space we now occupy. We come together and create stillness, a peacefulness of body, mind, and spirit. We praise Mother Earth for all her gifts, for the seasons of sun and long days of light green fireflies, purple evenings, and velvet nights. Let us live easily and gracefully, seeing other souls more deeply and finding the right words to let another soul share in our comforting silence. So in closing, Remember to think, I see myself in others, and others in myself. And I would like to thank Reverend Coyo, Adrian, and all listening today for this great Dharma Sunday. Namaste, everyone. Thank you so much. Well, well, you know, I couldn't help thinking. I guess it's okay. I, I think it's okay if I mention Michael Sayo's last name. Our, our usual policy has been uh, for um, people giving Dharma glimpses on Live Dharma Sunday is that not to use their last name or the city in which they live 
you know, when something goes out on on the World Wide Web, um, one lay minister had given a talk, and she was Googling herself this some years ago, and she was surprised that some of the things that she was sharing in a in a kind of a, I guess, personal talk, she never thought about it, but she thought of it as kind of a personal, sharing personal feelings. It was out on the World Wide Web, and she didn't know, so we sort of changed our policy, and we, we let people, when we request Dharma glimpses from all of our uh, right bottom ministers, we say, well, you know that this is going to go on the web and, you know, is accessible and is this okay, uh, just so that you're informed of it and here's our policy. And uh, <clears throat> and most of them said, no, it's okay. This is, it's all right, you know. Uh, you could use my whole name and everything. But we just started this policy. So we say their first name, their Dharma name, maybe the state in which they live, you know, that's all. But in today's Dharma games, the word saint appeared several times. That's his last name. You know, uh, he said in this talk, the great saints, you know, teach us this. Or even in when he quoted D. Horner's uh, opening that she uses, her quote, you know, and part of it mentioned we thank all saints and teachers and, you know, uh, sages and so forth. Uh, what, how auspicious to have a name like that. To have an inner teacher, eternal teacher, a great teacher, huh? right in your name, given name, you know, I mean your family name, as a as a guiding north star for oneself. Okay, this is a this is an opportunity uh, available okay, to looking at one's uh, what one what one has say, hey this isn't sort of uh, a reflection of what I talked about earlier about coming home and knowing it for the first time. And I'm sure he got teased a lot. I remember him saying that when he was a teenager growing up and his, as a child. Well, when the saints come rolling. <laughs> you know, and he hated getting teased by his classmates. Um, it behooves us to revisit to go home and find it for the first time. Thank you very much. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a very beautiful day. Thank you. <laughs>